0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Church, just in review, and I'm very grateful for last Sunday. I'm grateful for what that was. It was necessary, um, but it, it also, there's just a lot That has been bubbling up in me because I didn't get to preach last Sunday. I got to share a little bit of a moment, but I didn't get to preach. And so I'm excited for this morning. And what we talked about several weeks ago is this recognition that he is making his appeal through us. Church, he is making his appeal through us and through personal pursuit, through corporate pursuit, all of us collectively pursuing him individually and corporately. This will be what breaks the ground. And now we have testimony of this. We have testimony of what it looks like. We have seen a city completely overwhelmed by people of all nations, tribes and tongues that have come rushing in to encounter the presence of God that has rested upon this city. And it has spread. It is not just in Kentucky any longer. It is across the globe. It is not just in uh, the United States. It's not just in Kentucky. It's in Texas. Across Texas. Campuses. College campuses, college campuses, probably the greatest place of controversy there has ever been and probably one of the most fervent places trying to establish a kingdom of darkness and not a kingdom of light in our nation are experiencing revival. Public schools, not private schools, public schools are experiencing revival in profound and miraculous ways, not because of any one word, not because somebody is preaching just like they've never preached before, not because the best worship leader that's ever existed, Jay Winfrey, was leading worship in all of these places. Jay's been here the whole time. All right, so we know that's not it. And I mean that. Jay's the best. I play with him before anybody else. The Lord is doing exactly what He said He was going to do. He gave us understanding before we realized we needed understanding. He spoke of what personal pursuit and praise are stomping and engaging and worshiping and pursuing after the Lord. It would break the ground and we literally saw that put on display. The Lord said this is what He's doing and then days later He did it. Amen? Profound. Amazing. Amazing. The Lord is breaking the ground open." Acts 16. Verse 25 says, "About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaking, were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened." That's some kind of earthquake. I've never been in an earthquake so powerful that the things that were on my wrists fell off as well. That's the presence of God. But what's important for us to remember is they were not pursuing a way out of their situation. They were pursuing the Lord in the midst of their situation and revival broke out in that that prison. What is revival but the the recognition of God in his nearness? That's all it is. It's the people around seeing and realizing the presence of God and how close it is to them. And we've seen that over the last several weeks. The ground breaks open when the children of God run after Him and not ourselves. We must remain in the process with Him. We cannot check out or plan our escape when things start getting tough. We must remember Acts 4. We must remember Peter and John put on trial for the miracle threatened and told to stop, and the situation is not great? And what was their response in Acts 4? What was their response? Lord, give us the boldness to continue through and to be obedient to what You've called us to. Lord, it wasn't, Lord, deliver us from the difficulty. It was, Lord, give us boldness to continue and wade through it. What did Jesus do in the garden? Nevertheless, not my will, but Your will be done. If you'll take this from me, that would be awesome. But if not, it don't matter. I'm going no matter what. This is the model of Jesus, and this is the model that we see Peter and John put on display. And it's so funny because they, were happen- they just happened to be asleep during this profound moment with Jesus when he said these things. They were passed out, couldn't care less, and now with the Spirit of God, they are different people. Amen? Amen. Different people. They pray for boldness to continue on in obedience, to wade deeper into the waters. They don't pray to be removed from difficulty. They trust and they move forward. They trust and they move forward. John 17 verse 15 says, I do not ask, this is Jesus speaking, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. He He has no desire for us to be removed from the difficult circumstances. Church, when does a light shine brightest but when the night is darkest? If you are a light and you are in a dark, dark situation, why would He seek to pull the light out of the darkness so that the darkness could abound? That is not in the nature of God. He has every desire for us to wade deeper and deeper and deeper and to trust Him through it. Amen? Yes. To trust Him through it. And church, I just, I I believe in this season, I speak it over us that we will not be those that back down. We will not be those that look for an escape door when things get difficult or uncertain, but rather that we would be a people that pray for boldness and courage as we trust God to be God in and through us. Amen? Amen. That we would be those that trust that he has not led us here to die. That is probably one of the greatest things that I remind myself all the time is he has not led me here to leave me now. He has not brought us to the shore of new and profound things to say, good luck, figure it out. He desires for us to weigh deeper into his heart, deeper into the beautiful and wonderful things to trust without borders, to trust completely without borders. Romans 8, verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all of these things, in all of these things, even in the midst of persecution, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. This is speaking to you. This is not one of you in this place who is in Christ is left out of this truth. Do you understand? Not There is not a one of you that this is not speaking about. It is speaking about all of us in this place. This is who we are, amen? Do you believe it? Yes. No more praying to get out or around difficulties. Just simply worship Him through it. And you will find waiting for you provision and blessing and abundance in the midst of the storm. In the midst of the darkest night, you will find more than you could have ever dreamed. You will find there waiting for you in the middle of it treasure and blessing. Beyond your wildest dream. The Lord has gone before us. He has established blessing and provision along our path. We need only to fix our eyes on Him, look nowhere else, and you will find yourself unable to stumble. And you will always find yourself exactly where He needs you to be in His will. Church, the will of God is a beautiful thing. And we're getting to see the will of God right now. We've, we've seen it in the stories that are coming out, the testimonies that are coming out of uh, this, these last several weeks. We are seeing the nature of God for His people, that He loves us, and He desires good and wonderful things for us. He is moving on our behalf. His will is a beautiful place to be. It's not this, for some reason we've had it in our mind for so long that the will of God is this very difficult place to find yourself in. It's uneven terrain, it's rocky, it's scary, and that's not it at all. It's a beautiful place. Colossians 1.16 says, For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, where thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him and church we know that we are made to be in the will of God all the days of our lives we are not made to exist anywhere else but in the will of God in the will of God for your story and the will of God is not this rigid thin line that you have to try and balance on so often what i find has has anybody ever heard of slacklining does anybody know what that is? It's ridiculous. It's the, the hippiest of hippie things. I don't know why we do it. It's terrifying. And it's grown. It, used, it started out as a thin rope, a flat rope, between like two trees, and you try to balance on it. And now what these crazy people are doing is they're doing it like between cliffs with like 3,000 feet beneath them. They're just like, oh, I'm just going to walk out there and balance. Woo! Sounds fun. No thank you. But for some reason, we as Christians operate and we will deny this all day long no no I don't believe the will of God is like that but you live your life according to that truth or that lie that the will of God is this very rigid line it's unstable in all of its ways and if you fall you're dead and we live in this place so afraid that we're going to disappoint him that we're going to let him down and what ends up happening is we never take a step forward ever we just live in fear of failure But this is not the will of God. Randy taught this several years ago and it has been one of the greatest examples of the will of God that I've ever heard. The will of God is not this tightrope. The will of God is a backyard. There is a clear border around it. There are things that we are made for and there are very clearly things that we are not made for. But within that backyard, there is an abundance of freedom. An abundance of freedom. When he was speaking this, when Randy was teaching this several years ago, I I still have young kids, but it's different for me because I exist in the backyard with my children. And I see the freedom that they have to run around. They've got a trampoline. They've got all all these bikes and ridiculous toys everywhere. And, And they play and they do all these things. And there's times where I call and I ask them to do something specific in the backyard. Hey, bring me that shovel. But there are also times where I ask nothing of them. I just desire for them to operate in complete and total freedom. If they want to dig a hole, they dig a hole. If they see something that needs to be done, they'll go and do it. One of the greatest things as a parent is when you see your children doing the things they know they're supposed to do without you asking them to do it, right? That's a beautiful thing. And that delights the heart of the Lord as well. When we do the things we know that we're supposed to do, But He never had to ask. But so oftentimes, if you exist with this thought that the will of God is this rigid line is you you will not move unless He asks you to move. But there's freedom to move. We are designed to move and operate in freedom. For freedom He set us free. Not for freedom He set you free that you would sit still. But to exist that we can go. Does the Lord need to give you permission to go and love your neighbor? Or has He already commanded you to do so? So, why wait on him to tell you twice? Right? Go and do it. We get to exist in this freedom. That is the will of God that you are made for. And there's a great and a wonderful freedom in it. The Lord doesn't care uh, that I own horses, He doesn't care um, that I drive a Ford. He doesn't care. Well, he, man. He, well, no, you drive a Ford too. I mean, He likes me more because I drive, right? Jay and I are, we pray for Shorty all the time. I'm Chevy people. No, and, and Sammy. We know Sammy. He blacks out his windows so people can't see him. He's just shamed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't want to start a fight. They're about to rush the stage. Right. Uh, the, Lord, the Lord doesn't care about these things, right? And yet we do them all the time. And guess what the Lord also doesn't care about? He doesn't care if you desire, you know what? I'm going to buy that person's groceries. He's not sitting there be like, I really wish you wouldn't. He desires for us to exist in freedom. He's not getting bent out of shape when we operate in freedom and kindness. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? He doesn't care about these silly things that we, we assign such great concern to. There is freedom to do the will of God. There's freedom to exist in the will of God. And the will of God is beautiful. If you can, if you can articulate His nature, that's all you need to understand the will of God and then live your life from that place. It is for your good. It is not for your destruction. It is fun. It is not bland and boring. As so many of us believe, the will of God is so much fun to exist in because He does things beyond your wildest dreams. He will show you things and He will lead you into things that are profound and just also getting to exist in freedom and be kind to people because the Lord was first kind to us is a lot of fun. He has great things in store for us and for this church. Amen. John 14 verse 12 says, "Uh oh, there it is. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the father. Whatever you ask in my name, this is This I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Do we believe that truth? When he says greater things, that he has greater things in store for us, he has greater things that he desires to do through us, do we believe that? When he says greater things will you do? Do you believe that? Elaine and... Jay, believe it. Do you, I, and I, I'm honestly asking you. When he says greater things will you do, do you believe it? Because we exist in a world right now with Christians that do not believe that. Let's be honest. We believe Jesus is it. The things and miracles he did, they ended with him when he went to heaven. No. Same spirit, right? It's important to recognize the same spirit that descended from heaven like a dove and rested upon Jesus is the same spirit that we've received, amen? Amen. And he's still moving and working and speaking, Amen? amen? He says, greater things will you do. And you say that you believe this. You've already said it, I've trapped you. But do we desire greater things? That's great that you believe that he'll do greater things through you. But what has to happen after that? You have to desire for greater things to be done through you. That's the next step. It's okay, it's great, it's wonderful to believe that he will do greater things, but the next thing that you have to do is desire the greater things. The Lord is giving us permission to increase our appetite in the things that only he can do to shoot for the moon, to pray for the impossible, but for that to happen, You must first allow yourself to dream because we are entering a season, church, where this season right now, it belongs to the dreamers in the kingdom of heaven. Those that are willing to dream wild and fantastic dreams that dream that this would be a city that looks more like the kingdom of heaven than does a city in a state in a country that as people enter the threshold, as they cross over the city limits That anything that they dealt with would be gone and they would be delivered immediately. That they would encounter the Spirit of God before they even get all the way into town. Is that not a wild and fantastic dream? But this is the season where that is appropriate and the Lord is desiring for us, the children of God, to be these dreamers. That would dream fantastic and wild dreams. Dreams that the world would say are completely and totally illogical and impossible. It is impossible for God to lie. Do you believe that? And do you hear the prof- the profound nature of that that he made an oath with two unchangeable things, that being himself. He didn't make it with us. He made it with himself for us and then invited us into it. This unchangeable, unbreakable oath. God made a covenant with himself for us. And we are the fruit of this covenant, united with him again as sons and daughters filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the testimony of what he promised Abraham. This is the testimony of what he said he would do. And when the children of God, when we remain in him, when we are abiding in him, and when we speak, this is what the covenant says, and this is what he was desiring and establishing all those years ago through this covenant that he made with himself Representing Abraham, all these years ago, he made this covenant so that when we speak, the children of God who operate in the Spirit of God, when we speak, things happen. Tell me, what heir to a throne speaks and no one listens? It does not happen. When royalty speaks, when the authority speaks, everything, everyone, everything listens. And things happen. And that is who we are. We are the children of God. We are the testimony. We are the fruit of this covenant that he made with himself. Peter's sermon. Peter's sermon before he he had just received the Holy Spirit. And then he immediately begins to speak. And what do we have? We have the birth of the church. We have the first fruits of what Jesus came to establish. Jesus being a representative of this covenant. We see what the Spirit has in store for us. Peter and John healing the lame man at the gates. This is the covenant that when the children of God speak, things happen. When Peter began to speak, having just received the Holy Spirit, the church was born. When Peter spoke again, a man who had been lame since birth began to rejoice and dance and praise God because he was healed. We have been invited into this covenant. And this covenant means, again, that when we pray, things happen. But what that also means, church is that when we do not pray, things do not happen. It can't be one and not the other. It cannot be one. If you agree that when we pray, things happen, then when we are silent, His hands and His feet, things don't happen. And we end up spinning around and around, going through the same lessons over and over with each generation just running on this hamster wheel, nothing progressing. We are the hands and feet, the vessel by which he makes his appeal. God makes his appeal through us. Do you think he makes his appeal through our silence and our sitting down on our hands, refusing to do anything in the kingdom? That is not the appeal he desires to make. We are the vessel by which he makes his appeal. So... Do we, in this house, desire to see big things in this city, in West Texas? Do you, do you desire to see all the things that we're seeing across the country and across the world and across the state? Do you desire to see these things here? Yes. That thousands upon thousands of people would run to Him and encounter His presence and be so overwhelmed by His presence that they feel as though they could stay there the rest of their lives. Do we desire that for this, for this area, church? Well, how can that be if we do not dream for these things, if we do not pray for these things? Church, we want to see the impossible, but tell me, when was the last time that you asked God for the impossible? It's great that you want it. Now start asking for it. You want revival in sundown? Ask for revival in sundown. You want the presence of God to fall upon sundown that it would be like a cloud that you could not see your hand in front of your face? Then pray for such a thing. Do you desire to see a people that do not know him drive in and and encounter him just because they cross the city limits and they would find themselves now a son or a daughter of God because they've encountered the presence of God and they can't ignore it? If you desire these things, then ask for these things. Sundown will not be a place full of people that do not ask God for the miraculous things. Or otherwise, it will just be another city with a church. I don't desire to be another city full that has this building full of people that come together and worship on Sunday and have a nice time, drink some coffee, eat some donuts. I don't care for that. I mean, I love donuts. More than that, right? Profound donuts. We need to be a people that ask for the greater things over this city, the impossible things over this city, because if we don't, who will? If we do not intercede for West Texas, who's going to do it? I'm telling you right now, in Wilmer, Kentucky, it will never be the same because of a group of 30 kids desired the deeper things of God. And they found themselves in the midst of the deeper things of God. They found themselves witnessing 2 Chronicles as they usher in the presence of God by their rejoicing and by their pursuit of him. And this cloud that falls upon them was so thick. But the beautiful thing now because of Jesus, we don't ever have to leave it as the priests did in Chronicles. They had to flee it. We get to stay and dwell within it. But it does not come unless we ask He says, greater things will you do, but we must desire the greater things, church. We must dare to dream and be bold in our prayer to him. To pray boldly for great things with faith, without doubt. And you want to know how to put doubt to rest? Recall the things that the Lord has already done for you. If you're having yourself finding yourself in this place where you're doubting as you dream and you pray for the impossible things, just stop for a second and begin to write down and begin to articulate the things that the Lord has already worked on your behalf. And that will put the doubt to rest. And then again, begin to engage with the impossible things, with the greater things. We must desire greater things. We must dare to dream. We must be bold in our prayers to Him. Praying boldly for greater things. He has given us permission to ask. He has given us permission to ask for greater things. And he has said that we are meant for greater things. So this seems pretty easy, doesn't it? He just desires that you would ask for the things that you are meant to steward anyways. You are equipped. You are able. You are are abundantly able, more than enough, to steward the things, the impossible things into this world. You are equipped. You are worthy. You are anointed to do such a thing. But it does not come unless we ask. So will we be a people that from this point on ask for the deep and impossible things of God to be released upon this earth? Will we be those that release such a thing upon this earth, upon this city, upon this community, upon West Texas? because it is prepped and ready. It just needs the people of God to begin to ask for these things to be released. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? It's on us. It's on us. I desire, I desire the greater things for Sundown, Texas. I desire for this to be an oasis in the desert. I desire for the ground to be so broken open that the Spirit of God can rush in so freely and that this can be transformed in a moment, forever. And I'm not talking about, I I don't want sundown to thrive for a season. I want sundown to belong to the kingdom until the Lord comes and removes us from this earth. You hear what I'm saying? That this place would be a stronghold to the kingdom of heaven. And it can happen. We just gotta ask. So will you now engage with me? No, don't, don't leave it to me. Don't leave it to the leadership of this church to be the ones that ask for the impossible things. That has never been the vision of this time. It's always been us walking hand in hand, right? That has been the vision that the Lord has given years and years and years and years ago that we would lead hand in hand, not following one man, but together operating in the Spirit, united by the Spirit, asking for deeper things. Can we do this, church? Can we be these people that ask for the impossible? And if you find yourself doubting, recall on all the things that the Lord has already done, all the prayers that He has already answered. And protect your joy, church. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.